Hello, welcome back to the Heart-Led Wellness Podcast. My name is Ashlyn, the host of the show. Can't wait for this episode. I say it every single time. But today we are really diving into some sciencey information to help you balance your hormones, get your period back if that's something you're working on, and even for the men out there, really just create more balance in your health. So I'm going to be talking about what is within day energy balance. What does that mean? why you could be eating enough and still missing your period or have imbalanced hormones is intermittent fasting good for you who is it good for who is it not good for how can you practice intermittent fasting intentionally if you're a cycling woman what is the most common reason i see health conscious women struggling to control their food intake at night how does being in an energy deficit impact your adrenals and your nervous system does all of this information apply to men and how can they apply it to their lives? I know I have several men listening. And finally, I'm going to round out the episode giving you some practical tips on how you can apply all of this to your daily life, how you can eat in a day to optimize your hormonal balance, your hormonal function, not just eating enough, but really specifically getting into how you can eat to nourish your body. I can't wait for you to listen. I can't wait for you to hopefully apply this information to your life so your body can receive the benefits and I'm here for you if you need anything. If you're looking for one-on-one coaching, if you're looking for nervous system regulation, audios customized to you, I can create these for you. All the links are in the show notes like always. I love you. I'm here for you. Let's dive right in. I know many of you listening are struggling with hormonal imbalances, whether you're dealing with PCOS or hypothalamic amenorrhea, which is where you don't have a period at all, or endometriosis, or painful and heavy periods, or intense PMS, or PMDD. There are so many things that you may be struggling with, with, and I myself used to struggle with a lot of these things personally. My own period was missing for a year or more at different times in my life. I've struggled with really painful periods, really heavy periods, all the way to not having a period at all. And throughout my own journey of getting my period back and balancing my hormones, I've learned many different aspects of hormone balance and all of these different factors that play a role in the health of your hormones. And something that you hear a lot of people talk about is how important it is for women especially to make sure we are eating enough food. And this is so important to make sure that we are ovulating regularly, that our bone health is being supported, that our cardiovascular health is being supported. And a huge root cause of missing your period or hormonal imbalance comes down to simply not eating enough food. And this is talked about a lot of times, all the time, especially on social media, but this isn't the only factor in balancing your hormones and getting your period back. Yes, eating enough and how much you eat plays a huge role in your hormonal health, but when you eat also matters and the timing of your meals also matters. And even if you're eating enough each day, 
If you're not eating at the correct times, this can massively impact your hormone function. And so what I want to share with you today is a concept known as within day energy balance. So what does this mean? Let's just break it down right now. So energy balance refers to whether you are in a deficit or a surplus. You can think of it like a balancing teeter-totter or a seesaw. And when we are too far in a deficit, the seesaw tips one way. And when we are in a surplus, the seesaw tips the other way. So energy deficit refers to when your body is burning through more energy than is available. So basically this means you're burning through more calories than you have eaten. An energy surplus is the opposite. This means that you have extra calories, extra energy in your body for you to use beyond your means. And so within day energy balance just refers to how much time you spend in each of these areas throughout the day. So if you spend X number of hours in a deficit, X number of hours in a surplus, that is your energy balance for that day. And if you spend too many hours within a single day in an energy deficit, even if you're eating enough calories overall, it can negatively impact your hormones. And I'm going to break this down in many ways throughout this episode so you really understand what this means. But let's say that you eat a meal during your day and immediately after you eat that meal, you are in an energy surplus. There is excess energy in your body, excess glucose, proteins, fats, nutrients in your body to be used by your body. And let's say four or five hours later, and I'm just choosing these numbers randomly, this isn't the actual answer, but four or five hours later, that meal has been burned through and your body has utilized that fuel that you consumed and your body starts to tap into glycogen stores, which are stored in your muscles and around your liver, or fat stores to use for energy to keep your body functioning. And the time that it takes after eating a meal for you to go into this energy deficit, it really depends on what you ate, how calorically dense it was, how much exercise you're doing, how much movement you're doing, your gut health, your overall health, your thyroid health. It's very individual based on your body. But just for example's sake, four or five hours after you eat a meal, your body starts to tap into your glycogen stores and your fat stores because your body is in an energy deficit. And so I want to, I want you to think about this for the sake of this episode of being in a deficit or being in a surplus throughout the day as times when your body has excess energy to be used to provide your body with energy for daily functions versus being in a deficit where your body does not have that energy to run your body optimally. And one way that we can break this down is using your phone battery as an analogy. So I'm going to give you two separate examples that are similar but different, and I want you to pay attention to the differences between these two examples. But in both of these examples, your phone is going to be at 20% when you wake up and 50% when you go to bed. And both of them are starting and ending in the same way, but what happens in between is very, very different. So in this first example, let's say that you forget to charge your phone overnight and you wake up and your phone says it's at 20%. I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you, but it's funny how attached we are to our phones because when that happens to me, I have a mini freak out of, oh my goodness, I need to use my phone today and it's not fully charged. 
anyways okay back to the example so your phone is at 20 percent when you wake up and as you're getting ready for the day you plug it in and you let it charge as you're eating breakfast getting ready and then you unplug it and your phone is at 100 percent in the morning you start to use your phone throughout the day you go on social media you're using your camera your notes the weather app messaging email and your phone starts to dip all the way down to 30 percent so you know that it's getting low and you see this so you put your phone in energy saving mode or power saving mode until you can charge it again and when it's in power saving mode it's focusing on saving that energy saving that battery for only essential functions and minimizing the amount that it spends on non-essential functions so the battery can last longer so that happens mid-morning and then you get to lunchtime and you're able to charge your phone again while you're eating maybe you go on a little walk and your phone is back up to 100% again and then the same thing happens you start to use your phone for all of these tasks and in the afternoon your phone gets really low again so you put it into power saving mode again and then once again you get back home from work and you get to charge your phone it gets back up to 100% you use it a little bit more and by the end of the day your phone is at 50% so in this example you can see you started at 20% you ended at 50% and a lot happened in the middle let's go on to a second example and I want you to notice the difference between the first one and this one so in this second example, example, the same thing happens. You forget to charge your phone overnight. You wake up, it's at 20%. Oh no, and this is not good. But you don't have time to charge it in the morning. And so the phone battery just keeps draining and it gets down to 5%. And you have power saving mode on and you're keeping power saving mode on for several hours. You're really trying to nurse the lasting battery out of your phone for a long time. And then it gets to the late afternoon, it's like 3 p.m. and you still haven't been able to charge your phone, but you finally find a charger, you finally get a chance. And so you plug it in for a few minutes, you don't have long, so you just plug it in for a few minutes, it brings the battery back up to 40%, and then you unplug it and you keep using it. And now, unfortunately, it gets back to 5% again, and you put it on energy saving mode again. Then finally, you get home from work where you don't need to use your phone and you get to plug your phone in for a few hours and the battery gets all the way back up to 100% charged. It hasn't been at 100% all day. Finally, it gets back up there and then you use your phone a little bit more and you end up going to bed with your phone battery at 50%. Just like the first example, it started at 20% and ended at 50%. But hopefully you can see between these two examples, a big difference in in these examples in that second example the majority of your day was spent with a very low battery at five percent and in power saving mode and the reason why i'm giving you this analogy is because this is a way that we can think about within day energy balance in terms of energy and calories that we are consuming so i want you to think of your phone being at 50 percent like energy balance and when your phone is at 50 percent you are right in the middle of that energy balance equation you're not in it and and you're not in a surplus and you're not in a deficit you're right in the middle anything above 50 percent you're in a surplus there's excess energy for your body anything below 50 percent you're in a deficit you're going towards depletion and in this example as well, I want you to think of energy saving mode like being in a deficit to the point where your body is prioritizing essential functions 
but accessory functions like reproduction and digestion are turned off because those are non-essential functions for your body. And so when you're living your life in a deficit, your non-essential functions like reproductive hormones are hushed down so your body can prioritize essential things like your heart beating, your lungs, your brain, those things that are extremely important for your survival. And so you could be eating enough, aka your phone ends at 50% full and never fully dies, but if most of your day is spent in power saving mode, most of your day is spent in 5% energy mode, your hormones and health are going to suffer. And so we need to pay attention to how we are spreading out our calories, how we're spreading out our energy throughout the day, not just are we eating enough when it gets to the end of the day. And so let's talk about intermittent fasting for a little bit. And I've shared a little bit of my opinion on this before, but I want to keep talking about it because it's so important. So intermittent fasting in the holistic health world, in the health world, is often praised as this ideal practice, but it actually could be wreaking havoc on your hormones for women specifically. And men, I will address you in a few moments. But for women specifically, intermittent fasting is not always ideal. It really depends on you, your season of life, where you are at, your hormone resilience, so many factors. And especially if the type of intermittent fasting that you're trying to do is skipping breakfast and trying to eat later in the day, this can really impact your hormones in a negative way. And one reason why is because of within day energy balance. And when we do this type of intermittent fasting, you are intentionally spending a huge portion of your day in power saving mode, in low battery mode. And then you're eating all of your calories in a short window of time at the end of the day. So maybe you're eating enough and you're making sure that you eat enough calories in your little eating window. But if you're spending a huge portion of your day, especially the morning and midday portion of your day, without fuel and in, in, in that energy saving mode, it can really impact your hormones in a negative way. So yes, there are benefits to intermittent fasting. We can talk about how it supports autophagy and longevity and blood sugar and detoxification, but we also have to consider your hormonal health and the season of life that you're in. And for women in their reproductive years, especially women who are very busy or have a lot of stress or a lot of things on their plate, it's really not ideal to be spending so much of your day in an energy deficit and in a battery-saving mode. And so if you want to practice intermittent fasting, if that's something you're really passionate about and you really want to use that, maybe you're even trying to use it therapeutically to support your health in a certain way, there are some things that I want you to know. I want you to know that you can use intermittent fasting cyclically. You can choose to intermittent fast during your follicular and ovulatory phases, which are the first two weeks of your cycle, and maybe back off a bit when you're in your luteal phase and when you're on your period, because that those times in our cycles, the follicular and ovulatory phase, are more ideal for us to use things like intermittent fasting because our stress resilience is a bit higher, our body can actually tolerate it a bit more, a bit more well, a bit more easily. Another thing is it might be more ideal to eat dinner earlier and start your fasting window earlier in the night instead of skipping breakfast. And eating breakfast is so important for your blood sugar regulation, for your hormonal health. And so 
shifting your fasting window earlier in the day instead of skipping breakfast could also be helpful if you're really set on doing this. And then, like I always say, make sure you're truly eating enough in your eating window. So in that period of time where you are eating food, make sure you're eating enough and make sure that you're actually getting in enough calories, which can be a bit harder to do when you're eating really large meals really close together because you might not have as much of an appetite. But that's a really important thing to know if you're trying to be successful with intermittent fasting as a woman in your reproductive years. And then lastly, I will say that going more than 12 to 14 hours isn't super necessary for women specifically. If you want to do a longer fast, a 16-hour fast, even a 24-hour fast for a therapeutic reason, there might be benefits to that. Yes, I'm not going to ignore that. But on a regular basis, we can receive a ton of benefits from fasting windows that are just 12 to 14 hours. That is a great amount of time to give your digestion a break, to allow your body to fully digest your food and receive some of those longevity benefits without it putting a ton of stress on your hormones. And even if you're not trying to intermittent fast, even if that's not your goal, another really common problem that I see in women specifically is trying to eat quote-unquote good during the day and then inevitably falling into overeating at night. And so many people are unfortunately really misinformed about what nutrition really is and about what balanced meals really look like. And this lack of true nutritional information, not just social media trends and things that look fun and exciting that we are sold by the diet industry, true nutritional information helps us know what balanced healthy meals look like. And so many women think that carbohydrates are bad for them or fats are bad for them or they can't eat certain foods and they have all these food rules in their head and that is leading to them trying to eat what they think is good, quote unquote good, during the day and then feeling super out of control at night. So you might eat a really small breakfast and then eat a salad with just chicken on it and no carbs and think that that's a complete meal. Or maybe you make a green smoothie, but there's no proteins or fats in that smoothie and you think that that's a complete meal. Or maybe you're choosing really high volume foods with very little calories and you think you're eating enough because your stomach feels full, but you're actually not giving your body enough nutrients, enough calories in that really high volume meal. And so you might be making these choices throughout the day, thinking that you're being good, trying to eat healthy, trying to stick to your plan that you created for yourself, but you're unintentionally under eating and your body knows this. Your body is not dumb. Your body has the best calorie calculator of all calorie calculators, the most advanced, and your body is keeping track of what you're eating. And so you get to the end of the day after having eaten what you thought was good and your body is going to demand that you get more calories because you haven't eaten enough to meet your needs and so that often leads to binge eating or overeating or feeling out of control around food and so you end up overeating at dinner maybe you eat more than you wanted to at dinner and then you get a bunch of snacks after dinner and you keep going back to the pantry or back to the fridge And you feel really out of control, but it's really just your body trying to catch up with the energy that it needs for that day. And so then you go to bed with a stuffed stomach thinking that you ate enough that day, or maybe you even think that you overate that day, 
when in reality, you actually spent the majority of your day in an energy deficit and the out of control eating at night was just a response to that deficit. And so maybe you did actually eat enough. Maybe you did eat enough calories to make up for the lack that you ate throughout the day. But still, we can't ignore the fact that you spent a huge portion of your day in an energy deficit. And we know that spending a lot of time in an energy deficit increases cortisol production. And cortisol is a stress hormone that your adrenals release. And your body is always monitoring how much you're eating, like I said, and your hypothalamus is closely watching the energy intake. And so when your hypothalamus receives information from your body, by the way, your hypothalamus is just a part in your brain. When your hypothalamus receives information from your body that food is not abundant and there's not enough food coming in, it sends a signal to your adrenals to increase cortisol, a stress hormone. And so having a higher level of cortisol in your body, in your bloodstream, means that your lean muscle mass is going to be broken down more easily. It's going to reduce your estrogen production and reduce your progesterone production. It might delay or stop ovulation from happening, and it can even lead to low bone mineral density. And so if you're trying to get your period back or you're trying to balance your hormones, you really want to try and keep your cortisol levels lower because having excess cortisol is going to affect your hormonal balance, the health of your hormones. And so one way that we can keep our cortisol levels lower is by, first of all, eating enough. We know that under eating is going to raise those cortisol levels, but also making sure that you're eating regularly throughout the day is so important for keeping your cortisol levels balanced and lower. Because anytime you're in that energy deficit throughout the day, you're going to be raising cortisol. And I want to bring a study into this to give you some clinical or experimental data to really ground this down. So I read a study, a 2017 study, that compared women with menstrual dysfunction. So this could mean that they are missing a period or they have a really long cycle or a really short cycle. Maybe their period is painful. So these women, they considered menstrual dysfunction. And then they compared this group of women with women who have normal menstruation. And both groups, the average of both groups, consumed the same total energy consumption each day. So they were eating about the same amount of calories at the end of the day each day. One thing that differed between the two groups is that the menstrual dysfunction group had a much larger within-day energy deficit, which means that this group of women who were experiencing issues with their periods spent more time during the day in a deficit than the group that did not have menstrual dysfunction. So this study shows exactly what I'm talking about, about how you could be eating enough at the end of the day, but if you're spending a huge chunk of your day in an energy deficit, it's really going to impact your hormone levels and the health of your period, whether you have a period at all. So now let me give you two example real scenarios of eating, a day of eating, and how this could play out. So first, let's say we have Susie. And if your name is Susie and you're listening to this, I love you. (laughs) And hopefully you are doing this. Susie starts out her day by eating a nice bowl of oatmeal with fruit and nut butter and some seeds on it and lots of cinnamon. And just for numbers sake, I'm going to give calorie examples, but I have no idea how many calories are in these meals and 
I am not telling you to eat this many calories. But let's say that she eats this bowl of oats and it comes out to be about 500 calories. Then she gets to lunchtime and she eats another big bowl of food. She eats some sweet potatoes, maybe some lentil curry with some coconut milk, and this meal is about another 500 calories. Then it's mid-afternoon and she decides to have a snack and she has some fruit and some carrots with hummus, maybe some crackers, and this meal or this snack is also 500 calories. And then finally we get to dinner. She has some Mexican rice and beans with avocado and veggies. And let's put in some fresh cilantro on top and some lime juice. (laughs) This sounds so good. I could eat this right now. And this dinner meal is also 500 calories. So the total for her day is 2000 calories. I'm keeping these numbers nice and clean so you can understand it. So I want you to notice this regular eating pattern in Susie's day. She was fueling her body really consistently throughout the day. All of her meals are about the same size. She spread them out throughout the day. She didn't go too long without eating. There was balanced macronutrients in each of her meals. And just like the phone battery analogy, she is charging her phone back up to 100% every time she eats one of these meals or snacks. And so she didn't spend very much of her day in power saving mode. Yes, there's going to be times in between her meals or in between a snack and a meal where her body dips into that deficit mode, but she really didn't spend a long time in that power saving mode. Now, let me give you another example of somebody named Jenny. And once again, if you're Jenny listening, I also love you, but maybe you should look at what Susie's doing and follow her way of eating a bit more closely. So Jenny wakes up and she is trying to be quote unquote good and she doesn't want to eat too much because maybe she overate the night before. And so she starts out her day with a really small Greek yogurt cup that she bought from the store. And this is about a hundred calories. And then she's really hungry. She's feeling a bit hungry throughout the morning, but she's really trying to be good, trying to control herself. And so at lunch, she decides to order a salad with some chicken on it, but she doesn't get any rice or any carbs or anything with it because she knows that carbs are not good for her. That's what she thinks. And so maybe this lunch is about 300 calories. And then it's it's mid-afternoon and she is also still feeling pretty hungry. She's feeling pretty tired at this point, but she's still trying to be good. She's really proud of herself for being quote unquote good so far. And so she just has an apple for snack it's another 100 calories. So she's eaten about 400 calories so far if you're doing the mental math. And then it gets to dinner time and she is ravenous. She is so hungry and she decides to make some pasta with some bread on the side. And after dinner, she wants to have some ice cream as well. And then she goes back to the pantry and gets a bag of pretzels. She's eating those. She's watching a show. She's having some chips. And this dinner eating experience ends up to be about 1,500 calories, 1,500 calories. So in total, she has eaten about 2,000 calories. Oh, I think I did my mental math wrong. (laughs) The first part of her day was 500 calories and then dinner was 1,500. So the total for her day was 2,000 calories. So Jenny ate the exact same amount of calories as Susie did, but notice the lack of balanced meals in Jenny's day. She really didn't eat a balanced breakfast. She didn't eat enough at breakfast. Her lunch wasn't balanced. Her snack was really small. And then she gets to the end of the day and she's ravenous and eats a really large meal right before bed. And so she never really 
fully charged her phone back up to 100% throughout the day. She was really running on power saving mode and then giving her phone like 20% more charge and then back to power saving mode all throughout the day. And she spent a lot of time in that energy deficit. And this example of Jenny's eating pattern is very common in what I see in women who struggle with their relationship with food is that they're spending so much time of their day in an energy deficit, trying to be good, trying to use willpower, and then they get to the end of the day and they just overeat and feel ravenously hungry or feel completely out of control, have really strong cravings for certain foods because their body is trying to make up for this. And so this is why you could have hormonal imbalances or issues with your period even if you're eating enough because you're not giving your body a battery charge throughout the day so your body can actually prioritize things like reproductive hormones throughout the day. And so does this apply to men? Maybe you're a man listening and you have a lot of questions on if this applies to you. And my answer might not be what you're looking for because it's not so black and white. My answer is it depends because in general, men are much more resilient to cortisol than women are. This just means that men can handle stress better. This is a biological fact about men in the way that their bodies and their physiology works. Men don't have as delicate hormonal systems. They don't have a 30-day cycle. And so men might actually benefit, their biology might actually benefit from intentional stressors like intermittent fasting. And a lot of the studies that have been done on intermittent fasting have been done on men, and this is what it shows. It shows that it makes them stronger, it makes them more stress resilient, it's really beneficial for their health and even their hormones and their testosterone levels. And so men might actually benefit from being in a deficit throughout the day. However, men, just like women, have nervous systems. You are exposed to the stressors of our world just like women are, just like I am. And if you're a man and you're in a more stressful season of life, a more stressful time of life, you might be experiencing more nervous system dysregulation. And one way you can support your body and support your adrenals when you're in a stressful time is by eating more regularly and avoiding fasting and making sure you're not dipping into that deficit as often. And if you are not feeling or if you are feeling more strong and you're not feeling super stressed and you're in a season of life where you don't feel that way, maybe that would be a great time where you could play around with intermittent fasting and noticing how you feel from from spending more time of your day in an energy deficit. There is a time and a season for all of it because intermittent fasting can definitely provide a lot of benefits. And just like women, I would say there is definitely more benefits according to research that's coming out about shifting your eating window to earlier in the day. So once again, not skipping breakfast, but maybe moving your dinner up earlier. That can still be really beneficial for you just from a circadian rhythm standpoint and being awake during the day and eating while you are awake. And then as the sun starts to set, finishing off your eating for the day. But it's also important to take breaks from fasting for men and for women refeeding, refueling your body with nutrients is just as important as fasting and breaking your body down for health. And so you could maybe play around with cyclical intermittent fasting. So just like women can intermittent fast during their follicular and ovulatory phases, 
men might actually benefit from cyclical intermittent fasting even though they don't have a menstrual cycle. And one thing that you can play around with for yourself, I don't know if there is any research to back this up, this is purely intuition and personal (laughs) experience and personal recommendations, is you could try to intermittent fast according to the moon. So during the full moon, maybe you want to play around with more intermittent fasting because this is a time where there is usually more energy, more life force in your body. And then during the new moon, usually that's a time of reflection and restoration. Maybe that's when you want to do less intermittent fasting. And you could play around with doing it cyclically in this way to see if you can receive a lot of the benefits of fasting without it being too hard on your adrenals or nervous system. So to sum up this whole episode, I'm going to give you a few suggestions of what you can do to really apply the concept of within day energy balance to your life, to your day, so you can have more balanced hormones, get your period back if that's what you're needing, or have a more easeful cycle. So the first thing is to eat breakfast within 30 to 60 minutes of waking up. And like I said, this is really important for blood sugar regulation because what you eat in the morning impacts your blood sugar for the rest of the day. It's important for letting your body know that food is abundant, for letting your hypothalamus know that food is abundant, and really communicating to your nervous system that you are safe because food is a way that we can show that we are safe to our bodies. And we also wake up with really high levels of cortisol. It's a natural thing that happens in all of us. It's a good thing. It's what gets us out of bed in the mornings. And we have this really high cortisol in our body. And if you choose to skip breakfast, you're adding more fuel to the fire. You're going to increase your cortisol levels even more. So eating breakfast in the morning can help bring your cortisol levels down and communicate to your body that you're safe. And then the next thing I will say is eat balanced meals throughout the day. So every three to five hours, make sure that you're fueling yourself again. Don't go too long in between meals and really make sure that these meals are balanced. They're not just one macronutrient. They're not just a smoothie or just a salad with no carbs or fats or proteins on it. Really make sure that these are full balanced meals that you're eating throughout the day. Another thing that's important to mention is making sure you're not consuming too many high volume foods that are tricking you into thinking that you're full when you really need more calories or more energy. Next, I will say use your body's hunger and fullness cues to gauge how far in a deficit or surplus you are. So you don't need to count calories. You don't need to know how many calories you're eating in each meal or at the end of the day. You can use your body's own calorie calculator, your hunger and fullness cues, to figure out where you're at. And having a normal, healthy hunger might mean that you're slightly in a deficit. If, on the other hand, you're feeling extremely hungry, extremely ravenous, lightheaded, shaky, nauseous, you can't focus, this could be a sign that you are in a more extreme deficit. On the other hand, if you're feeling comfortably full, comfortably satisfied, that's a great sign that you're in a slight surplus, which is great. That's exactly how you want to feel at the end of a meal. If you're feeling stuffed, if you're feeling like you can't breathe, you need to lie down and unbutton your pants, and maybe you're not hungry for a really long time after that meal, that could be a sign that you're in a more extreme surplus. You ate a lot more than your body really needed. And so the goal is to aim for eating when you're lightly hungry and stopping when you're comfortably full. We really want to stay in this middle range 
and avoid going into extremes, either extreme hunger or extreme fullness. Because when we do this, when we live in this comfortable middle ground of light hunger to comfortably full, we're communicating safety to your body. We're letting your body know that food is here, food will be coming later, you're not overly stuffed, you're not starving, and it's really just a great balanced middle ground that you want to be living most of your day in. The last thing I will say is use snacks to intentionally fuel your body. Don't be scared of eating snacks. Snacks are such a great tool to give to your body when you feel yourself in too much of a deficit between a meal. If you feel yourself a few hours after a meal and you know that you have to wait a few more hours for the time to cook another meal, eat a snack. Don't allow your body to get too far into that deficit because you know that's going to increase your cortisol levels and really impact your cycle health. So once again, the goal is just to keep your body feeling safe and well-fed throughout the entire day so that way you don't need to ravenously eat a ton of food right before bed and your adrenals, your hormones are going to be receiving fuel all day long to create reproductive hormones and create a healthy cycle. Balance is always better than extremes. I know it's so easy to fall into this black and white thinking, especially with health, where you think that there is only one way and it has to be hard, it has to be difficult, you have to feel like you're suffering in order to reach your ideal body weight or to have the health that you desire, but it really doesn't have to be that extreme or that complicated. It's so boring and it's so not popular, not hot to just be eating three balanced meals every day and snacks when you need them. That's not sexy. That's not something that we see sold to us on social media or dieting ads because they want us to think that it's this big gimmick or it's something, some secret that we don't know, but it's really not, that's not the truth. The truth is trusting your body. The truth is listening to your hunger and fullness cues. The truth is eating balanced meals regularly throughout the day. It's not trying to manipulate your body and avoid eating by drinking a bunch of water or chewing gum or eating low-calorie, high-fiber foods. Your body is smart and your body will always win. Your body is always going to outsmart your own manipulation tactics. And if you just trust your body, if you choose balance, things will feel so much more effortless, so much more easy, your hormones will be more happy, and you will feel so much better overall. I hope this was informationally insightful. (laughs) My brain is turning to mush after talking for this long, but I hope it was helpful. I hope you learned something new. And if you're struggling with your period being MIA or you are wondering how you can balance your hormones or be able to eat in a balanced way without feeling obsessive or controlling or rigid about it, I am so here for you. This is my favorite thing to talk about and help women with. It is my specialty. It's my passion. It's what I've been through myself and I feel so unbelievably grateful and lucky to be helping others find the same healing that I found in my own life. If you're looking for more individualized support, you can always reach out to me. You can click the links links in the show notes. I would be honored to support you on your journey and hear your story. I love you. I'm proud of you. And I hope you have a beautiful rest of your week.